Just for a moment, I'd like to... The New Testament narrative we've listened to is speaks for itself. It's well known. It brings emotion from us all. It is emotive. It's a, it's a harrowing account of someone's death, willingly laying down his life with a, a whole host of, of people that are involved that we could look at and we could uh, consider their part in this. But the New Testament in itself, it speaks for itself. It says it as it, as it was. But often in the Old Testament, there's a concealed truth of the outworking of God's will. And for a moment, I just want to lift us above the events to the strategy in the heart of God. Both of uh, our children, um, Adam and Sarah, get sort of taken up with conspiracy theories. And uh, I've got no time, really, for conspiracy theories about, you know, uh, Apollo landings or JFK's assassination. But there's a sense of, of in this that who done it? Who done it? And I want to tell you who done it. God did it. God did it. Jesus was smitten by God. This was no um, just uh, something that was happening and people were all contributing their part. This was God's master plan from the very beginning through to the end. God did it. He sacrificed his son. There was a sort of uh, enactment of this and, uh, with, with Abraham and his son Isaac. And you, most of you know the story. That when uh, Abraham was about to sacrifice Isaac, it was stopped. God stopped it. And there was a substitute that was found, a ram. This time there could be no substitute. There was no other good enough to pay the price of sin. He was smitten by God. And I'll just read a passage from Isaiah 53, and there's just some verses which are particularly pertinent. Bearing in mind, this is 700 years before the events that we've, we've read in the uh, in the Gospels. Who has believed our message and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up before him like a tender shoot and like a root out of the dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him. Just um, run this in parallel to the, the, the narrative that we've heard. Nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and familiar with suffering. Like one from whom men hid their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he took our infirmities and carried our sorrows. Yet we considered him stricken by God, smitten by him and afflicted. He was pierced for our transgressions, he was trussed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him and by his wounds we are healed. Hallelujah. And we all like sheep have gone astray, each of us has turned his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. 
It's the Lord's doing. He was oppressed and afflicted. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before her shearers is silent. So he did not open his mouth. By oppression and judgment he was taken away. And who can speak of his descendants? For he was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgression of my people, he was stricken. He was assigned a grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death, though he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it was the Lord's will to crush him. It was God's will to crush him and cause him to suffer. And though the Lord makes his life a guilt offering, he will see his offspring and prolong his days, and the will of the Lord will prosper in his hand. After the suffering of his soul, he will see the light of life and be satisfied by his knowledge. My righteous servant will justify many. He will bear their iniquities. Therefore I will give him a portion among the great, and he will divide the spoils with the strong, because he poured out his life unto death, and he was numbered with the transgressors. For he bore the sin of many, and made intercession for transgressors. There's a great revelation in the, in the wilderness. When uh, there was a rock in Exodus 17, at a place called Rephidim, the children of Israel were, were thirsty and they were complaining to Moses they had no water. And God told Moses to take the staff, the same staff that he held above the Nile and was cast down in front of Pharaoh. And he told him to strike the rock twice and water gushed from the rock. An amazing sort of um, a story that's, that, that's similar in many ways to the striking at Calvary. That rock was struck and life giving water flowed from it. Who struck the rock? Was it Moses? Hmm? It was under God's instruction. But it was not with Moses' fist. It was with a staff that stood for the authority and power of God. Moses stood for the law. The law struck the rock. And life-giving water flowed from it. In 1 Corinthians 10.4, it says that that rock was Christ. The rock that, 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 that they received spiritual water and spiritual uh, uh, sustenance bread, he said, was Christ. The rock was Christ. It was struck. It was struck under the direction of God. By the hand of man, but with the authority of God. But there was a, another occasion, 38 years later in the wilderness, when the children of Israel were thirsty again. This time uh, they ganged up on Moses and they said, you need to go to the rock and you want to speak to the rock. You speak to the rock and out of it will come life-giving water. He went and he struck the rock. God was angry with Moses. He said, because you didn't honor me in front of the people, you're not going to go into Cana. You will not go into the promised land. Because the rock was struck. It was not called to be struck a second time. It was called to be spoken to. 
That rock has been struck once and once only for the all sins, for all time, for all mankind. Now that rock stands to be spoken to. In that place of Kadesh. And in John 7, on the Feast of Tabernacles, when they were celebrating the time that they'd, that God had taken them through the wilderness, they celebrated this, this great feast, and uh, at the culmination of it, they'd go to the pool of Siloam and they'd get a, a jug of water. Thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of Jews, they'd go to the pool of Siloam with this golden jug and bring it back to the temple. Another group would go to the, down to the Kidron Valley and, and, and take palm leaves. And then these groups would come back on this last and greatest day of the feast and the water would, sell, would, would, would resemble the, the, the water that came from the rock. And on that moment, when these two groups came together and they used to sing psalms, the halal, of, uh, and the water would be poured down the altar and would come down, running down the steps, and it would, would show that this water, and Jesus stood up. And in a moment, he said, is anyone thirsty? In front of everyone, is anyone thirsty? Let him come to me and drink. He said, I'm the rock. I'm the one that was struck. It was me. It was me. This was all about me. And out of his, 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 his life will flow rivers of living water. Jesus knew that he was to be struck. He was to be separated from the Father for the one and only time in, in all eternity. And in the Garden of Gethsemane, if there's, if there's some other way, if there's some other way, then take this cup for me, from me because it's so enormous. I've never not been one with the Father. And now I who knew no sin and begin made sin. The curse of, that should be on everyone else is going to be placed on me. Nevertheless, thy will be done. And he went. And the horror that the one who knew, knew no sin became sin. He took my punishment. And on that cross, as the, as the soldier pierced his side, out of him, the son of God, flowed blood and water. The blood for redemption. The first time the rock was struck. Water the resurrection power of the life of the spirit. The rock has been struck. Now you and I, we cannot strike the rock. All we can do is speak to him. We stand before the rock. Because it's been struck, we can speak to him. And because redemption blood has flown, we can receive life from him. May it be for each one of them, us, that we receive that life because of Calvary.